Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Canon Cast, a podcast from the Canon, SB Nation's dedicated blog to your Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm your host, PD, uh, back after a little break here, recording on Memorial Day. Hope you all had a great weekend. I uh, wanted to make sure that I got something up here on Tuesday so you can listen and distract yourself from being back at work, which I'm sure uh, no one likes to be after the long weekend. I feel ya. Uh, all right, we've got some Jackets news to talk about. Uh, there have been some player movement over the last couple of weeks, and I'm also going to talk a little bit about the World Championships and the players that, that did well there for the Jackets. So the biggest signing that happened over the last two weeks was uh, a Finnish free agent that the Jackets signed a new contract with, but not the one that we expected. Jornis Korpisalo. Will be back with the Blue Jackets next season. He was an unrestricted free agent this summer. Was going to be free to sign anywhere. Um, I wasn't sure that he'd be brought back. I kind of didn't want to bring him back. But uh, but he will be here on a one-year deal uh, with a cap hit of just $1.3 million. Now, this is a, a drop in salary. He was making two point eight last season. So he took a pay cut to stay here. Um, he's coming off of hip surgery. So, you know, he's going to be ready at the earliest, just in time for preseason. I'm not sure that he'd be 100% by the start of the season, but the Jackets must feel that he will be. Um, he's been not good at all. He's Let's just say he's been bad the last couple seasons. Um so I'm not so I'm a little bit skeptical about bringing him back because of that, um, you know. And, and let let's be clear though, if you're talking about a veteran backup goalie, it's not going to be a good goalie because if he were good, then he'd be getting a starting job someplace or at least a one A one B situation. Anyone that is signing to be a backup is average at best, right? Um, now, my biggest issue is that if we're signing him to be a backup, Corpy just hasn't been a very good backup in his career. Um, his numbers when he was behind Bob weren't great. His numbers the season behind Elvis weren't great. 
when he has been at his best, whether it was in his rookie year, whether it was in December of 2019 or in the bubble in 2020, it's when he was given a chance to be the guy and start a bunch of games in a row. That's when he really thrives. That's when he gets into a rhythm. Um, and that's most likely not going to happen in this upcoming season. We don't want that to happen in this upcoming season. We want Elvis to be the guy. We want Elvis to take all those games. We want Elvis to play well. You know, the backup's going to be starting, what, once every two weeks? And we just haven't seen Corpy do well in that kind of role. Um, you know, I know some people after the signing were saying like, oh, well, maybe he'll play well and then he'll have value at the trade deadline. And sure, maybe that can happen, but but is he going to get enough starts before the deadline to make enough of an impression to generate that value? I, I think that's wishful thinking. Um, you know, I would have preferred to have signed Jeff Ruby again. You know, you could have got him for cheaper, and the production, I think, would have been no worse than what Corpy's been or, or will be going forward. And you don't have to worry about uh, you know, him coming off injury. You know, he's healthy at the end of the season. Corby's got this hip thing. You know, certainly the injury had a negative impact on his performance. And I think it's reasonable to expect a healthy Corby to be a little bit better than what he was. Um, but how well can he recover from this hip injury? You know, we just we just don't know. Um, now, the the positive side of the signing is for Corby the person, right? Um, you know, this is a guy that obviously is comfortable with the organization, happy to re-sign here, even though it is a smaller role than he has had before. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have blamed him if he wanted to move on, if he felt unfairly passed over or whatever. Um, but he wants to stay here and that's fine. And, you know, I think he's popular in the locker room. And, you know, like I mentioned with Justin Danforth, there's something to be said for doing right by a guy who says and does the right things, you know, um, sets a good example for everyone else on the team. You know, I think any star player can look at, um, you know, the Jackets doing well for a guy at the bottom of the roster and know that, okay, well, they'll do right by me as well then. Um, you know, so maybe, you know, we want to send a message to a guy like, Patrick Klein, that here, we'll, we'll take care of you too. Or to any of these rookies coming in like Cylinder or Johnson, like, hey, look, when you get to this point, we'll take care of you. Um, so there's something to be said for that. Um, there's something to be said for, you know, when we go over to Finland in November that, well, I guess Corpy's going to get the start in one of those games in his home country. And that's, that's a cool thing. And that's a neat thing to do for him, even if he gets cut after that you know, at least he got that opportunity. So, um, so on a personal level, it's a good story. And, you know, if they want to give him a chance, even just to be better for going into free agency next summer, you know, just kind of throwing him a bone there, you know, that's, that's fine. You know, I just, you know, I don't want us to be in a situation where having him on the team and playing poorly, hurts the team and keeps the team from contending for a playoff spot, which I think 
they should be in a position to do. I think they can be enough better next season to be in that situation. And part of that will be getting better goaltending than we've gotten this year. So we need Elvis to be better, but we also need better performance from the backup goalie position. Um, so again, and I just, I thought someone like Baruby or Tarasov would be better off there. Now, again, Tarasov is also coming off a of hip surgery. Um, probably better for his development to be getting regular starts in Cleveland. Um, so maybe it's a situation where if Elvis were to get hurt and the record shows that Elvis can get hurt from time to time, um, then maybe we would call up Tarasov to be the regular guy while Corpy remains in the backup position. So uh, we'll see how that unfolds. Uh, one player who will not be returning is Dean Kukin. He was also going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. I certainly expected that he would move on. Now, I think that he is a NHL defenseman. Um, I wrote about this with his player recap that I, I, you know, I think he, I think he's shown enough over the years that he is an NHL level player. I also feel though, that he has gotten passed by in this organization. And we saw that in the season, he was a healthy scratch a lot that even someone like Nick Blankenberg was brought in and was able to play ahead of him. Um, so I have a feeling that, um, you know, other teams are maybe going to offer him a two-way deal or he was going to be in a situation where he wasn't going to be guaranteed regular playing time. So he's made the choice to go back to Switzerland and sign with the team in the Swiss League. And I I don't blame him. Um, you know, especially after the the last two years and being hard to be across an ocean from your family and not be able to see them as often, uh, I certainly get the draw to going back home. I also understand that, you know, for any Swiss team there, he would, he'd be a top pair defenseman. Um, so he'd get to play a lot more, still make decent money and get to be in his home country where he's comfortable. And, um, you know, at least he was able to say that he gave it a go in the NHL. Um, and he was here for like seven years. He signed like four different contracts with the Jackets. He proved that he could hang for a bit and he had some good runs. I don't know that I'm sad to see him go necessarily, but I, uh, you know, I wish him nothing but the best back in Switzerland and, you know, thank him for the time that he put in here. Um, then the final transaction is that the Blue Jackets signed Marcus Bjork to a one-year entry-level contract. Bjork is a right-handed defenseman from Sweden. Uh, he's been playing in the top league there in Sweden for the last four years. Um, Based on the numbers, he looks to be not an offensive defenseman necessarily. Um, so maybe he's more of a defensive defenseman. Um, the one-year contract, some people were asking about that. That is standard with an entry-level contract. You know, the length of it is based on the age of the player when signing. So he's 22 years old, so that's why it's a one-year deal. Um, $925,000 cap hit. Uh, only an $80,000 salary if he's in the minors. So I, you know, I would expect him to spend the majority of the season in Cleveland, um, which is, which is fine, but you know, he'll be in the mix and camp to, you know, fight for a job in the Jags, but we've just added so many young defensemen that um, it's kind of a crowded room and I like the competition there. You know, I like it to push some of these guys. Um, and I really like how the defensive room is shaping up for the monsters next year. 
Uh, they'll have Jacob Christensen, Tim Burney, Samuel Nasco, Stanislav Sposal, Ole Bjorkvikholm, Billy Sweezy, and now Marcus Bjork. I also think it's interesting the way that the team is adding right-handed shots. Andrew Peake's a right-handed shot. Adam Boquist is a right-handed shot. Blankenberg that we added late in the season, he's a righty. Um, Corson Kulamans, who was a first-round pick last year, he's a right-handed shot. Um, so it's interesting that we're, we're building the depth on, on that side of defense. And, um, you know, right-handed shot defensemen are more rare, and so there is value to them. Um, and so that's either good for us in terms of balancing our pairs with lefties and righties. It also means we've got players that would have more value in a trade then. If some team is really looking for a right-handed shot, we've got some options there that we can move if necessary. So um, that's an interesting signing. Um, obviously, we know that our scouts watch that league very closely. We've drafted a lot of players out of that league. So um, you know, hopefully they see something there and he can be the next, you know, Nudavara or Gavrikov in terms of, you know, a late round or undrafted guy that gets signed or, you know, Hey, Dean Kukin was also undrafted guy that spent a lot of time here. So maybe Burke's the next guy like that. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so over the weekend, the IIHF World Championships wrapped up. The host country, Finland, won the gold medal uh, in an overtime game over Team Canada. Uh, the United States felt just short of a medal. They lost the bronze medal match to Czechia. But we had a number of Blue Jackets players who were representing their home countries in that tournament uh, and did pretty well. Uh, I will post a link in the description uh, from Jeff Zavoda, the Jackets website, who tallied what the what the players did there um i think the the big standouts to me were the canadian rookies kent johnson cole sillinger i think it was great that both those guys made team canada kent johnson of course has been uh, has getting gotten a lot of time for his country over the last season he played for uh canada in the world juniors before they got canceled he played on the olympic team and then here on the world championship team scored a goal in all three tournaments so he joined a very short, there's only like four players that have accomplished that feat in the same season. So 
That was pretty cool. Johnson had four goals and three assists in the 10 games that, that Canada played. Cole Sillinger had three goals of his own. Um, each averaged a little over 13 minutes a game. Man, I, that's just a great opportunity for them to be playing with, you know, top NHL players and for them to be putting up points against, you know, good competition here in this, you know, with playing teams that also have NHL players on them. You know, obviously not the best talent that every team has to offer, but still it's good competition and high stakes tournament, that sort of thing. So it's great experience for them. Um, other jackets that played in the tournament that we want to talk about here. Uh, Andrew Peak was a solid defensive defenseman for Team USA. Got six assists in 10 games, played over 20 minutes a game. Great to see for him. Vic Blankenberg also made Team USA, which is kind of crazy after so little time as a professional, but obviously caught attention with how he played for Columbus and how he played for Michigan. Uh, unfortunately, only played four games and then uh, had an injury. Elvis had not a great tournament, uh, 862 save percentage, 4.26 goals allowed, 1-3 record. So that's disappointing for him. I, I know he wanted to do really well for Latvia. Uh, was wearing the number 80 in honor of Matisse Kublenix. Alex Texier had three goals, two assists in seven games, played 19 minutes a game. Love to see that for him. You know, he's the best player that France had. He played like it. This is his first hockey action since January. Um, you know, he'd spent time away from the game, went back home to France because of family issues. And, um, you know, hopefully he's passed that. It was good that he got a chance to play some competitive hockey here before next season, um, that he played well. So he ends the season on a good note, carries it into the off season, shakes off some of that rust, which is great to see. Um, Emil Bemstrom, another guy that shook off some rust here. He had a goal and four assists in eight games. Um, for some reason, he just plays so much better over in Europe than he does in North America. Um, it's honestly a little frustrating that he hasn't been able to put it together here yet. Um, he's a restricted free agent this summer as well. I'm not sure what the Jackets are going to do with him. Probably a one-year qualifying offer, but and I, just, I don't know where he fits on this roster. Um, I think he's capable of doing more, but we've just added so much more talent that is better than him. So at best, he can be a third-line guy. But I also feel like Texier has taken that role of being the bottom six guy that can score, but also is responsible in his defensive zone. So I just don't know where Benstrom fits. Um, you know, maybe he'll be part of a trade. We'll, we'll see. And finally, before we go here, a quick note about the other hockey that's still going on. The playoffs, the second round. Not quite as... Uh, Exciting as the first in terms of long series, but but still a lot of exciting hockey. The Battle of Alberta was insane. Only five games, which feels like a ripoff. We deserve that to be a seven-game series, but uh, man, I got to give credit to the Oilers. I didn't think very much of them as a team coming into the postseason, but Connor McDavid realized that he's the best player in the world, and... He just hit, turned it on in the middle of the L.A. series, and he's been outstanding since then. He's been playing out of his damn mind. He scored the overtime winner to eliminate Calgary. Now we have the Western Conference Finals of McDavid versus McKinnon. Both guys have been outstanding in these playoffs, playing like the best players in the world, and I can't wait to see them go at it. And 
you know, in goal, you've got Mike Smith and Darcy Kemper, neither of whom has been that great. Smith's actually been better than Kemper, I think. Um, but do you really trust either of those guys? I don't know. I expect that to be a high-scoring series. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, Tampa swept Florida. What the hell? Uh, Florida, they were the President's Trophy winners, and they got swept. Uh, that is crazy to me. They just could not score. Uh, Tampa's defense was great. Andre Vasilevsky was even better. And for all this talk about, like, oh, well, you know, Tampa's not as deep as they were. Maybe they're tired from all of these long playoff runs. Um, no, no, Tampa is still very, very good. And are you going to bet against them at this point after what we've seen in the first two series? I, I don't think so. Um, and then as I'm recording this, the uh, Carolina Rangers game seven is about to get underway. Uh, I'm not feeling really great about either of those teams. Both of them are having trouble scoring or finishing consistently. Um, I don't know that either has the scoring ability to get enough past Vasilevsky to win that series. Um, I feel like both teams want to play kind of a, a low event style of hockey. Um, but I think that plays into what Tampa is comfortable doing as well. So, um, you know, haven't really been, even though that's a seven game series there, I haven't found it that interesting. I haven't tuned into watching as much. Um, so let's just get to Tampa versus the winner of Colorado and Edmonton. And for the sake of the final being a good series, let's hope it's Colorado because they're a legitimately great team at Edmonton. I still have my doubts on, but Edmonton's playing hot and you can't question the hot hand in a series like this. So uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to discuss about the conference finals here next week or whenever we have our next episode. So uh, thanks for tuning in again. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. For more content from the Canon, go to jacketscanon.com. You can also follow the Canon on Facebook and on Twitter at CBJ Canon. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Perley and the Howlin' Moons. Go to angelaperley.com for more music and show dates.